right, welcome back, Golden Globetrotters. Uh, big big week here. We got uh, Murray. I, I, you gave this man a title today, and I love it—a man of many few words. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because he says maybe fifteen in this movie, and none of them are funny. No, he doesn't, he doesn't have any like one. Well, I think he does have some one-liners where they fall pretty flat. He fit in right uh, with the AEW you know, crew. Before we uh, get into this, though, I got something I have to say. I finally got went to the cinema and finally saw saw the movie. Saw the big movie. The the big movie? Cats. Cats? No, I, I didn't see Cats. Of course, I saw Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, If you told 10-year-old me yes. that, Tim, not only is there going to be another, there's not going to be one trilogy, there's going to be two trilogy. We're going to finish the whole nine-movie saga. Because that was the whole, like... We all heard George Lucas do nine movies, and then we when you know. Oh, that was a rumor back in the yeah, day. even back then. And then it was like, oh, I guess not. I guess he's not done. But if you had told me that they're going to do it, and when we get to that ninth, the culmination, that ninth movie, you're going to treat it like it's fucking homework and be like, I don't give a fuck at all. I would be like you're crazy, but yeah. that's how I felt. I heard it was all just plot. To plot, to plot, to plot. I don't know how you can do this, Griff, but it was super fucking long, yet breakneck pace at the same time. Yeah. It was weird. You are, you're hearing everything I've heard about the movie. Yeah. Uh, Well, first I want to start off with, okay, we go to the movie, and it's in the big fucking auditorium thing, theater, and there's like eight people, because it was a matinee. I only go to matinees because I hate people. And so I sit of course, you know, everything's assigned seating now, which right. is, to me, anti-American. <laughs> so I just sit wherever the fuck I feel like. I don't care what seats I pick. They just sit wherever I want. So there's eight, at most eight people in this theater. Motherfucker comes up to me. Oh, you're in my seat. Wow. Sit where the fuck you want. We're in an empty. Look, 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 like, look like an AEW fan, oh, wanna, which you know, you'll know what that means, Griff. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what it looked like. And I was so irritated. I was like... I'm, you know, so so I got, you said I'm gonna go Kenny Omega all over your ass, buddy. I, I was about to fucking young buck super kick him in the <laughs> face, but I said no. All right, fine, whatever. Why? Why do you care? You moved back one seat and you kicked his seat, <laughs> yeah, right? Should have done that. <laughs> Damn it! Why weren't you there Just with me? Popcorn. I, but yeah, it was. Uh, I I enjoyed Star Crash more than, than the last. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it more. Well, we did say uh, for our Star Crash episode that one of the positives was. 90 minutes. Yes. You're in. This you're was out. this was 90 plus 60 minutes. Yeah. It's a long one. And then there's a half an hour of previews for movies that have nothing to do with Star Wars. Like and I saw Bad Boys 2 with you or 3 up or on I don't like, know how like 4. So. I don't know. I'm not going to see any of them, yeah. but and I I we're judging from the fact that they're releasing it in January where they always put their bombs. They know like movies they know suck. They probably, yeah. I don't think many people are going to go see that's too bad. And I'm like, well, the whole premise is like this. Was, they did this with the last Expendables movie. They got Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, but then they have this young crew of kids like working with them because the idea is like we can just spin it off into these young people, and it never works. Nobody cares about these nobody young people. I mean, we haven't had a cast of action people since you know eighties, nineties. That hasn't happened again. That's why the Expendables works, right? Like, I'm glad Will Smith's finally getting in there. I don't really. Think of him as an action star, but still, I, that's what he I thought. Love that's what he was. That was Bad that's Boys, his, yeah, yeah, that was his thing. That's what made him like a superstar. He right. was like a TV star. As a I, I know, but again, I'm doing it from my perspective. I, I he is Fresh Prince, you know. Wow, and, way to pigeonhole a guy. Well, no, it's just my perspective. 
Yes, I know. It's it's you're dim- diminishing him. He was the legend, and I am legend. Uh, didn't see it. Yeah, I, I don't did. like Will Smith. So. I didn't either. So I haven't, I haven't really seen it. I'm a big movie. fan. Haven't seen a lot of his movies. <laughs> Men in Black, one. Well, he's just putting out trash now, isn't he? Like most people, after a while, he does. Uh, I dare you say that After Earth was a terrible movie. I don't even know what that I is. actually saw that one. That was him and Jaden. Oh, it sounds great. Jaden? Oh, my God. It was the what best. Did, what the did, philosophy? Not, forget about like in, entertained. What did you learn from that movie? I, I, I can't even tell you because I had to separate my – I had to do one of those deprivation tanks to understand. Like it, I went so deep into thought that I was like in a coma. You were so visually, mentally, emotionally stimulated that you needed to put yourself into an isolation chamber. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. It, it is a deep movie, and people didn't understand it because they don't have they access did. to those isolation chambers. Yeah. So, well, then, it's like this much like people didn't understand the movies we cover until they had access to our show, and exactly. now they're getting these deeper meanings. And, and what a great way to segue back into our topic at hand. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Norris hates Vietnamese people. Only the ones that tortured him. I mean, he is— He, he hates North Vietnamese people. He, he's, a, he's, he's one of these conservatives that is like, we should love all life, but also bomb the people, <laughs> bomb anybody. Well, bomb play. people that don't love all life. Yeah, You're kind sure. of like giving them what they want. Sure. <laughs> so this was his dream project, to do a Vietnam movie where— it, Why didn't he just this? go to Vietnam if that was his dream? Yeah, really. I think well, he lost, didn't you? I think I read somewhere he lost a brother in Vietnam. He might have, because he actually did serve in the military. Yeah, I know that. And That's where he learned Taekwondo while well, he was like over in Korea or something interesting. like that. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, his whole thing has been, and I think you were kind of cracking into this last week when we were opening up to this episode, where weren't a lot of movies trying to do this where we go back and fix or yeah you know, we go well in america off. we never lose we've, we've learned that we right. already we defeated iran today right. they gave up yeah uh, that's what trump says um so yeah so we were like no we were just we were taking a break we were on break vietnam yeah and we came back sent one guy our best whether it be rambo whether it be john, i was just gonna say john it's always Bur- one guy james braddock was that his name james braddock or john yeah braddock? It's, james braddock sounds right and I yeah. did not write James in this at all. Well, he just no. They, they don't call him. They call him Braddock. For yeah. the whole movie. I just call him Chuck. Chuck called him Jimmy once. Okay, then he's James. Uh yeah. So you know, we never lose. So even when we lose, we win by yeah. making movies that where we win, saying we won. I just I love that. Um, we basically see that we have progressed immensely, and Vietnam has stayed exactly the same. Yeah, that well, was the imagery of, it, they because were showing it's kind of it's because of communism. Um, yeah, man, it's too bad we didn't win the first time. Got rid of that communism, wiped it all clean. I'm sure they would appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not great. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the South Vietnamese wanted us to stay, but hey, you know. I mean. There's a lot of interesting things that uh, come up in this movie, like Chuck Norris being sent over as some kind of American ambassador, but, of course, he doesn't speak. He does the pocket. Well, he got conned, bro. Did he get conned? General Yang, I think was his name, conned him. It wasn't Yang. It was Tran. Tran? Tran. Okay. Um, yeah, him and that pussy-ass senator who's probably never seen combat in his life, probably smoking weed and fucking whores and... During the seventies, yeah. well, guys like Braddock were fucking bleeding for our for, freedom. Yeah. yeah, okay, but yeah, they, they they tried to set him up. They tried to make it look like he was out there murdering well, not, kids and well, children. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. 
But yeah, well, I want to point out that this was the first movie in, of the five film contract with Golan Globus that Chuck Norris had. They was going to pay him a million dollars a movie, and Globus was like, "Menachem, you're out of your mind. Why are we?" <laughs> and he's like, "Trust me, I know." And I, I, I mean, none of these. No, I don't think any of these Chuck Nor- Norris movies were huge hits. But I think this was a. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't Rambo level, but right. I think this made money. I have to imagine this movie cost them maybe three or four million to make, maybe, and it made at least yeah. fifteen million. Yeah, probably something like that. Because I do, I remember when these came out. At least the first one. I don't remember any of the sequels. But, yeah. Well, I also want to point out that. The movie we're covering, Mission uh, Missing in Action 1, is actually Missing in Action 2 because they filmed the first two movies at the same time. And Menachem Golan was like, no, this the original Missing in Action 1 is shit. We're going to go with 2 is the first one and 1 is the second one. Because you'll notice if you see a Missing in Action 2, it actually builds, it tells all the backstory of Missing in Action 1. It takes place in Vietnam in the 70s mm-hmm. and talks about what, you know... Braddock escaping from a prisoner of war camp. Oh, he escaped? Well, how are you going to end they, a fucking movie? And I thought you, they let him go. No. How you get, you're going to have that. That's going to be your movie. Nah, you can go. <laughs> no, he escaped bravely. But He's he, saying uh, very few words, but, but many at the same time. I think that's a good enough... Uh, Set up for this. You ready? Well, you know, I have very few words of many to say about this, so I'm just going to say three. Missing in action. Vietnam, 1984. Chuck Norris is James Brad. Decorated war hero. Ex-prisoner of war. An American on a mission. One man who couldn't forget the Americans that were left behind. We categorically deny that there are any living MIA Vietnam. Wrong answer. James Braddock has returned. To uncover the truth and free the soldiers. We're going home? Missing in action. Damn right. James Braddock declares war. The war isn't over until the last man comes home. America had no more heroes until now. Chuck Norris missing in action. All right, great trailer. Let's head straight to those sweet Philippine jungles. I mean, uh, Vietnamese jungles. Right in the bush, bungle in the jungle. We got ooh, bungle. I'll go get my flute. Um, yeah, we get we got that opening montage, of course. No, montage. Oh, cold opening in the jungle. It's got to be wartime, you know. It's got to be all that. Bombs shit. going off everywhere. We see our man Chuck. He's retreating. Well, he's not. He has to because the rest of his men are retreating. He never retreats. Uh, yeah, no retreat, no surrender. But he's carrying a, a fallen soldier, so yeah. he has to retreat with them. I'm just going to say it. I haven't been more bored by an opening scene since Whitefire. This scene was just as bad. And it's about nine minutes long, same as Whitefire. But it wasn't in sl- Well, I think there were some slow motion. Yeah. There was. 
I, I all I can do is blame Ginty. All I know is it's this uh, this movie. Five minutes of Chuck just, or not even Chuck. He's just like motioning at people, but you hear people yelling, "Let's move!" Actually, I think Chuck did yell that. I think everybody says, yeah, "Let's yeah. Move, move out." And then, of course, there's "Get over, get cover." I got you, soldiers. It's just that thrown around for five right. minutes. Bombs exploding. We finally, they finally get to the chopper. Of course, they're trying to get to a chopper. So we see it. Every Chuck, of course, the last man there. First man in, last man to leave. Yeah, and you know the Vietnamese, they're taking like pot shots at the at the helicopter. So Chuck's got to go around and take out everybody yeah, on the ground. It seemed like that was a bad place to land your chopper. There's all these kind of like uh, I don't know what you call them. Why aren't the guys in the chopper like turning around and you know returning fire? I don't know, but that guy had that sweet American flag visor on his helmet. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> Because it seems like he would blind you if your visor fell down because it's an American flag. But he looked damn cool doing it. He did. So, yeah, they're getting him on there. Chuck's carrying in the guy. And then he's like, I got to take these fucking, uh, what do you call them? Viet Cong? Well, no. I I call them human beings. No, what what do you call those little, like, the areas where they have, like, I don't know, foxholes? I don't know what the fuck they call. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Foxholes works. We'll we'll use that term. Yeah, so he's got to take them out. He doesn't just go to a foxhole, though. He finds, like, a little village, and he's just like, there might be terrorists here. And that's where he starts, like, taking people out. And there's a couple, actually, um, other uh, American forces in there. Yeah. So he's freeing them up. Is this where you get your favorite guy with the... (laughs) Yeah, Kenny Powers. Oh, my God. There's this moment where uh, Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down, like, rescues uh, Chuck, and Chuck gives him a thumbs up. And this guy's so excited, he got it. Braddock gave him finally because he's been wanting that thumbs up that for so long yeah. that he just totally forgets he's actually in a battlefield and he gives him a thumbs up back and immediately gets shot. I believe this is when um, Chuck is on like the second floor of some weird little like you know some hut type hut thing, kind yeah. of thing, and there's a guy underneath him stabbing the shit out of <laughs> yeah. an American. Yeah, he's got like a bayonet on the end of his rifle. And he's Dude, just it's it's nuts. He's, Guts well, that's how fucking that's how fucking disgusting these Viet Cong were, dude. And I thought I was gonna like this movie. I was like, "You bored the fuck out of me for five minutes." And then Chuck takes out two grenades, pops the pins on both of them, and Aaron Norris does a nice dive down <laughs> into the into. Yeah, it's the, like a suicide dive, and we're like, I "What guess, the fuck?" Uh, it explodes, and then <laughs> we go to Chuck's real life. Wakes up in some hotel. Beer falls over. Drenched in sweat. Oh. He's got the TV on. Yeah. We see the story. We, we hear about the... the we're going to have... I guess there's going to be a meeting in Saigon over getting these these um, prisoner of war released. And these guys are like, well, the Vietnamese are saying there are no prisoners of war. And, and Chuck's just like, those lying motherfuckers. He counted every single person in the, in, in the war... On hand. He had tallies. He knew all their names. So he's like, I'll absolutely, I'm going to go there and fucking show these guys up. Right. Somebody needs to tell the truth. Yeah. And that's what he's going to do. So he's like, he goes out, he cracks a beer, puts on some Spider-Man cartoons. (laughs) And uh, something about that. It just, it, it hit him. It triggered him again. I don't remember what it was. Well, yeah, it would trigger me. Yeah. Spider-Man is amazing friends. I remember that. Yeah. And, yeah, then he goes right back to Nam. He's like, literally, we were just out of Nam for, like, literally one minute. Yeah. we go right back in. We saw a new story about they're saying there's no more missing in action soldiers over in Vietnam. 
Spider-Man, PTSD flashback, right is back to Is that the Peck Jelly scene? This is the Peck Jelly scene. Yeah, so we see Chuck. He's, we need we need to set up a villain for the movie. He's remembering. This This might, for all I know, this is probably a scene from uh, Missing in Action yeah, 2. Yeah, it, it probably is. And so he's like hanging from his wrist, you know, and then this scumbag. The, the, the I the hear main, Chuck actually wanted to be hung like Jesus from a cross for this scene. Yeah, they couldn't work it out. They couldn't work it out. So, uh, Vin, you said was his name? Yeah, it's We're going to go with Vin. I believe it's Vin. The main henchman. He comes up, and then he gets some fucking cheap-ass dollar store pack jelly and just slathers it on Chuck's chest. Oh. And you know, they don't even show it. It's that offensive. They don't even show <laughs> it. you got to use your imagination. But Chuck, <laughs> the look of disgust on his face, it's all trying and getting cracked and shit like immediately dries and gets cracky and shit because it's some dollar bin shit yeah he's got like he's you know being tortured because that's what they did exactly. Chuck knows personally and then we cut to airplane ride yeah he, he calls in a you know his senator friend and he's like well he's not his friend he doesn't yeah, respect this guy either way he, he he's pulling strings this guy's a pussy he wants to just give everything to the Viet Cong for yeah. nothing and Chuck's like not on my watch not on my watch so they're on the plane, and this guy he's got he's talking with like was well I don't know what what was the woman's job I don't know secretary we'll say I, secretary I, secretary to the minister <laughs> of Sec- the, she, she, was, she was the <laughs> secretary of the minister of the interior yes thank you and you remember that so well so um yeah they're talking he's just like this guy can't even he's wearing fucking oh denim Dude, what he, the fuck's up with this loser this is uh i i believe he's channeling or maybe uh, i guess orange cassidy is actually channeling him but this just reminded me so much of orange cassidy well this is chuck he wears all denim all the time it's true but I mean, this, this is his invasion usa outfit basically this scene is basically what i call uh the bart versus australia scene because they're gonna be sitting down with uh the vietnamese government i don't know who they're sitting down with? Who Tran is? He's a general. He's just a general, yeah. just a various general, and he's a puppet for the commies. <laughs> they're they're trying to work out some kind of deal with the Americans. Yeah, and, prisoner of war release, but they're saying we have no prisoners. Okay, so that's the whole thing. And uh, I'm thinking the prince senator's just there to suck his dick or something. He's such a pussy. Yeah, and Chuck is like, no, I'm going to be there and I'm going to get those guys out. So if they land in Vietnam. He walks out, immediately sees the general. General must have done something to him. I don't. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen Missing in Action 2, so I don't know. This is where you get the first pocket scene, though, because Chuck sees that he's offering to ha- shake his this hand. This guy probably doesn't even remember Chuck, or does he remember? No, it? of course they remember. Oh. And and, the, and then the general tries to act like he doesn't remember him, yeah. and, and then Vin's in the background snickering, and then Tran puts his hand out, and then Chuck... Right in Goes the to it. No, I thought he just went brush his hand through his hair. Brush his hair, yeah. And then he put on some fucking blue blockers and oh. <laughs> walked away. He noticed. I think. I think he shares a glare with Vin too. He does. He, he notices shares, Vin. He shares like eighty five glares with Vin. I, I thought those two were just star crossed lovers or something. So we get to this meeting, and the the, the senator's like, "I don't care. I, do you want money? You want?" He's just ready to give everything to these evil Vietnamese. And then the, he's like, yes, yes, I will take your money. But first, we have some witnesses to the atrocities of General Braddock or Colonel Braddock. Yeah. And Braddock's like, what? I mean, we would be like, what, what? But Chuck's just like, what? 
Yeah, he he's just keeping it all inside. He's, he's still fuming. got his blue buckers on. He's just fuming. <laughs> he's got unbuttons this... one of his denim shirt buttons. Yeah. Well, and, it's it's pretty hot in Vietnam. And they bring in hell yeah, it's hot. And then they bring in these like these like farmer peasant people, and they obviously been roughed off. Yeah, they're they're terrified, and they go these people. Or witnesses to all the atrocities. You were throwing babies on bayonets. You were raping pigs. You were doing all tons of crazy shit, Gen- uh, Colonel Braddock. And Braddock stands up. Bullshit. He walks, walks up. Yeah, walks. Meets, he, he stares down every single one of these witnesses. I'm using air quotes. And they all can't meet his gaze because they know they're full of shit. Even the last one, had he was... Trying so hard to meet his gaze, and finally he just goes, "Sorry," in Vietnamese, and Chuck, right back in Vietnamese, just like, "It's okay, I know, and I know." He, and then he sits back down, and they're like, "All right, well, end of meeting. Well, we'll we're gonna have we're gonna have a lunch break. We'll yeah, come back." See, all they want to do is boot Chuck Norris one time in the butt with a really big boot. That's all they want to do. Yeah. It's just slap him on the wrist, and Chuck's like. Fuck you, no way that's happening. Before they even go out, go, they're having a nice picnic lunch later. Tran goes, oh, yeah, Chuck, you're nothing but a murderer. And then Chuck turns back. Yeah, I'm a murderer. I murder assholes like you. And just walks out, fucking puts the blue blockers on, (laughs) walks out the door. I'm glad they, they pick up. And they're in, you know, they're having like this big luncheon or whatever. You notice Chuck, he asked for a beer, and the guy goes to put it in a glass. He goes, No, I want the bottle. Because a yeah. pussy drinks beer out of a, a fucking glass. I also glass. noticed that it was a Coors, the beer of the movie. <laughs> Two different Coors in this movie. So he, he's sipping on his Coors, and once again, his eye, star crossed lover Vin, sees him. He's just like, Oh, that peck jelly. You bastard. I still have <laughs> fucking scars on my chest from that shit. <laughs> And just as he's about to this murder fucking Vin, Tran pops in. It's he put more salt in the wound, man. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, yeah. I don't even remember what he said. What did he say, Griff? He said something about, uh, you know, because of your action. Or no, Vin actually, or Tran does say this to him. Because Vin wants nothing to do with him. Did, Vin Vin does, have, Vin, did, he, did he have one line at all in this movie? I don't think he did. I think he scowled. I think, I think a couple times uh, in a, a scene he coming went, up here. Yeah. I think he said, I bet you were here all night, I think was his only line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, Vin, uh, Trang comes over and he, he t- tells him, he's trying to tell Chuck off, like, we know about everything you did here because uh, you are responsible for what, like, Ten thousand of your own men dying because of your bullshit actions. Like you're, I mean, you should be facing your war crimes. You should be taking the boot. Chuck is so close to kicking this guy right in the face, but yeah. he knows this is this is a tense situation. This yeah, is diplomacy. He's got to play it cool. So he just puts the blue blockers back on, walks out the door, sip of that beer, fuming. But and then Anne, who's totally wanting to fuck Chuck, yeah, she's just like, I'll, I'll go with you. Let's want one nightcap. You know, she's trying to smooth everything out. She She's a good secretary. Of to, the Minister uh, of the Interior? Of Interior. Yeah. <laughs> so she is smoothing it out. She knows that this is their ace Well, that's what Well, that's why the senator's so pissed off because he's like, this is a diplomatic mission. And this guy's ruining everything. So she's yeah. trying to iron everything out. No, it's okay. I'm going to take him up there. We're going to have a nightcap. Yeah. And so Chuck ducks into his room, grabs a couple things, 
bottle of Well, they can see there's guys watching them in yes. the hallway. Good. So he, he's got some champagne, a couple glasses, and then a bag of tricks. So, They're like, wow, he's going to go to town on this broad. He's oh got my a God, bag yeah. he's bringing in. He's got the whole branch long bag. Or the <laughs> Magnuson 7? <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, yeah, uh, he winks at the guards, lets them know, like, he Check might have the dirty up. dozen. That's not he's yeah. got. I mean, it's, it was a pretty big bag. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Kinch Dishay case. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he makes sure the guards know very well. I'm going to be banging this girl tonight. And he puts, like, a sock on the doorknob. So oh, my God. Don't enter. Oh. There's going to be some fucking going on in and here. And even Anne comes out, like, answers the door, yeah. and she's wearing some. Like a nightgown. Nightgown kind of thing. thing. And you, you see Chuck, you know, fan himself in front of <laughs> the guards. Declare. Oh, boy. Giving me the vapors, lady. <laughs> and they go in, and she's just like, yes, Chuck's going to fuck me. And so she just walks in, and he just immediately takes his shirt off. Yeah. And she turns around. She's like, whoa, hang on there. But don't hang on there. Uh, you know, I'm not that easy. Very weird. And he's like, here. do you mind if you turn around? I'm kind of shy. Yeah. Chuck says this. And then he immediately gets down to his fucking black banana hammock. <laughs> and she's kind of like, well, I'm not that kind of girl, yet I kind of am. Yeah. Now she's like playing a little hard to get. She, she don't want to come up like a whore, but she's totally ready to fuck. Right. I mean, they haven't even hit the bottle of bubbly yet. This and... it totally took me back to last week's movie with the nurse or the bubbly. Yeah. I get these both some champagne out, chicks. Let's drop their panties. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> That's and all it is. So she turns around and he's putting clothes on. He's putting a ninja outfit on. She turned around once. To see him in that banana hammock, and she's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, yeah, but he just immediately starts putting his pants on. And she's like, wait, what are we doing here? Well, he's what? putting on ninja garb. He's taking black pants, black shirt, black gloves. Black sweater. God, that's got to be sweltering in Vietnam. Yeah, about 100 degrees. At least yeah. the sun's down. And so he's like, look, I'm going to go check out what's going on behind the scenes. I don't like what's going on yeah. here. Cover for me. It's been so long since I've been in Saigon. I'm going to hit the streets, check out what's new in the city. That was my Chuck Norris That impression. was a little too animated. A little too animated. But so he, he, uh, he can't go out through the door because they're watching. So he goes down the balcony, starts climbing down balcony to balcony, kind of like a, like a Donkey Kong type maneuver. It is. Yeah. Good call. And uh, the girl helps him out because she sees some guards. He drops the champagne glass, so it distracts them. Yeah. Gets down, takes it to, he's going straight to General Tran's place. I, I appreciate what Golden Globus did here because they spent five minutes just having uh, Chuck scale this building, which is yeah, boring as fuck. It felt like fuck. 12. <laughs> it yeah. did. Every scene in this fucking movie feels like forever. Uh, but they immediately just put him at his destination. Right. No idea how he got there. Just there now. I think I'm going to say hitchhiked. That's fine. I'm fine with that. And he takes out some guards, snaps yeah. some necks, gets into the compound. And he, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's actually Tran's mansion. And he gets into Tran's bedroom. Tran's asleep. Yep. And I thought he was dead. You know how weird that guy was laying there? Yeah, he was like it a was corpse. A, oh, man. They should, he should have uh, lifted the hand three times to <laughs> make sure he was alive. And he sneaks in. He's got, like, the mosquito net around. It's Vietnam. I like I like this. We got a little throwback to last week's episode. He's got the little switchblade. He does. Yeah. And he covers Tran's eyes and puts the, the knife right to his throat. Yeah. And he's like, where are those POWs at? I don't know what you're talking about. Pokes him a tiny bit. Oh, I'll tell you everything. It's like a dick. I'll do whatever you want. And he, he spills the beans about where these guys are located. 
and then and then like a classic eighties hero. He get, Chuck has every right to murder this guy. Yeah, and he gives. He's like, I'm gonna show mercy. Roll up on your stomach. I'm not gonna do anything to you. Yeah. That's not my. That's not my. He you know, he covered his eyes for a reason. Yeah. And now he's just like, yeah, okay. Well, no, he he. That's why he still wanted him to roll over. He didn't want him to know, even though. Oh. Who can mistake that Chuck masculine voice? Exactly. You know? So he rolls over, and of course, like the coward he is, he always has a gun under his pillow. Yep. Chuck had no choice. He had to just fucking hurl that switchblade right to the fucking throat. He's got a lot of good knife skills in this movie. I'll give Chuck that. Kills Tran. I think Tran got one shot off, so the guards here. Yep. Guards come in. He snaps a neck. And uh, we get we get our first. Uh, I guess I guess you could call it first real action scene. I don't know what that beginning shit was, but anyways. So yeah, Chuck's, Chuck's trying to diversify in this movie because he was so he was pigeonholed as a martial arts guy. So he wanted to show, hey, I can kill people with guns too. So that's what the first scene was for. Okay, yeah. good. He was good. trying to make transition. You know, I like it. So yeah, he now he's got to sneak out, which is proving to be far more difficult. Like every which way he goes, there's more guards coming. He's like trying to hide in the bushes. He's got all that camo on. It should work. Doesn't work at all. So he's like just constantly hiding, grabbing guns, shooting people, snapping necks. Finally gets over that wall and he just beelines it to the hotel. Maybe hitches was, another ride. I think ride. it was just next door. Maybe that was it. It might have just been. I don't know why this guy's mansion's next door to the hotel, but so. You would think. I guess there are too many people on the outside of the hotel. Well, yeah, it's completely. So he dark. goes across the street. That and that and like you know, a guard went up, saw that uh, Tran was stabbed, possibly murdered, and they called it in. Probably. So yeah, they have serious security because they probably now. go. It's got to be the American. Well, he yeah. gave him the fucking evil eye all through that meeting. So we get another another thirteen minute scene of Chuck. Crossing on an electric wire between the buildings. This is probably a... Or should I say Aaron Norris doing this? Yeah. They probably sped this up. This is probably a sped up scene. You see how awful the guards were. He he actually rips off one of the electrical lines with so there's sparks and shit flying. The guy doesn't notice at all. Don't even notice. But this one holds up, even though I don't think a fucking electrical line could hold up like a 180-pound man, but what do <laughs> I know? I don't know the physics of it. I just talk about the movies. So he gets to the building, finally gets back in the room. And while that's going on, Vin, he hears about what's going on. Yeah. He's like, it's that fucking American. So they're rushing up to the room. Right. Anne's room. Anne's like, oh, you know, how you doing? Like He rips her fucking clothes off, rips her naked, yeah. throws his shirt off. Chuck does this. Yes, Chuck does this. Yeah. And just hops on top of her, jumps in the bed. As soon as he gets in bed, Finn kicks the door in. Ugh. And she's like, uh, excuse me, I'm getting plowed right now. You you mind? I Chuck's face does not. If that's Chuck's fuck face, then <laughs> my God, Chuck. No wonder why you have no connection with anybody in any of your yeah, I don't know how he had a child in real life. Because he's he, all about saving the chi. He's got multiple children. I think they're all adopted. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Mike's bald, so he can't be his son. <laughs> can't even grow a beard, from what I hear. <laughs> Probably all patchy. <laughs> You're not a Norris. So Vin has some salty words for him, which is basically uh, like uh, what I was saying earlier. Which is um, uh, he tells him, "You're leaving tomorrow." He, you've been here all night, I guess. And Chuck's just like, "That's right." And then you he's lost like, your Saigon pass. Buddy. Exactly. You're 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 out of here tomorrow. And he's like, sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. 
So, uh, Chuck heads to the I airport. I'm assuming he didn't even have sex. That woman was so ready for sex. She's like, they just, they just cut away to them at the airport, and she's like kissing up on them. And I was like, this man just like assaulted you last night. No, but you can't rape the willing. <laughs> and so, yeah, she's just like, oh, you call me? Sure, whatever, baby. I'm going to Bangkok. Yeah, I'm not going to bang my cock. I'm going to Bangkok. <laughs> and because he's like. I gotta, I gotta look. I got some connections there. I guess I gotta see an old army buddy, old army friend. So he he gets himself a nice little hotel room. He has no problem. He's a world man. He knows how to he's get the, places. He knows. He's got his like phone with the Uber, so he's got the Uber ready for him. Yeah, but yeah, he his, shows up. Well, he probably was, these are the places his old haunts when he was back in the you know military. Yeah. You know when they're on leave. I like this. He gets there right around noon, let's say, and he starts to unbutton his shirt and put on a new shirt. And you can see in the background the sun start to set. So the, all that time it took him to take one shirt off and put a next shirt on, eight hours went by. Um, and he's like, oh, good. Maybe there was an eclipse happened. I don't may, know. Maybe. He's like, oh, sweet. Fucking the, you know, the nightlife. So he, he just, Go check he, it out. Yeah, I, Dude. The hip hop scene in Bangkok is off the chain. Like there is this nonstop. I think hip hop originated in Bangkok. You think so? There's kids break dancing. There's it's true. A fucking RJ rolls up on his fucking bike. I thought Chuck was about to do a couple moves. You could see he, he was, was, but he didn't want to embarrass the kids. That's true. So he was like, "You nice kids, pat some on the head." But I'm glad you brought up RJ because you heard it. I'm a lover, lover, <laughs> lover, lover, lover. I know it was great, but it had that sweet kind of Bangkok flavor to it. <laughs> it did. It was Excuse spicy. Me. Yeah, ooh, I like that. It wasn't mild. Mm. And yeah, so he's just taking it in. He's stopping because apparently this buddy has he's got the thing. He's got a nice taste for the whorehouses. Yeah, that's his thing. So he goes to a bar. Yep. I'm looking for Tucker. Yeah. Just anybody, yeah. yeah. I love well, you how know, these movies well, work. You know, bartenders know everything that's going on exactly. in the cities they live in. Sure. And he's like, oh, I've never heard of them. Puts like a dollar bill down. Just change your mind. <laughs> no, it puts two dollars down. Oh, hey, Tucker, my best friend, <laughs> man. He hangs out at Madame Pearl's down the street. Oh, it's the greatest car- karaoke slash whorehouse in Bangkok. I love how cheap uh, Chuck is in this movie. He he's about to I make, would say thrifty, but yeah. Sure. Uh he's about to make a dozen deals in the next like half an hour and all of them. What price can you put on freedom? Uh a million dollars. Not Chuck. Yeah. He'd get it for a quarter, man. He'd get it for a third of that. A quarter of that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, the guy toys like, Hey man. Yeah, he's down at Madame Madame Pearls. All right. I know so, I know the place. Chuck walks back outside, he looks around the there's a happens to be a taxi driver just ignoring everybody. Sees Chuck and Chuck's just holding his hand out. The guy Chuck stared at him and the guy's like, "I have to stop." Yeah, this guy. Chuck holds his hand out and the guy parks or stops perfectly in line with his hand so that he just lifts it back, opens the door. It was it was, it was a slick move there. I like that. Gets, it took a lot of work. He gets in. They're driving and then. Oh, Hey man, driver, he's an assassin. What, of who who would have thought? Is. Of course, and he, he is. And, well, Chuck knows because the, the guy he's like driving, and he's like, "Hey, you like that American hip hop?" I don't know why I did like some crazy Arabs, <laughs> but he going, he's he's trying to distract him. He goes for that gun. Yeah, Chuck grabs the fucking hand with the gun, fucking strangles him with the other hand. I mean, the car's just going out of control. We're in the middle of like a, it's like a 
alley of just like people out partying and stuff. Yeah. So they're just like murdering people. And well, yeah. Chuck doesn't care. Chuck, well, he has no emotion. He's just yeah. staring off into space <laughs> while he's strangling the life out of this guy. <laughs> and then you, just, and you hear, a, snaps his neck. <laughs> I thought it was the brake light. That was his neck. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Madam Pearls. He's like, right. In. <laughs> <laughs> he crashes into a wall and he's just like, Looks down at the address in his hand. That's it. Here's your tip. Yeah. Gives him, t- gives <laughs> gives him a nickel. <laughs> exactly. Two bits. So he walks in, and man, this if I'm going, I'm looking for Madam Pearls next time I'm in Bangkok because this place looks fucking lit. I, I know. Kids say. I mean, you immediately walk in, and Murray, I'll go ahead and just play a little bit of this. For you. Is it so Where's Madam Pearl? She's so I'm looking for Jack Tucker. Is he around? He'll be here in a moment. Man, this this is great. This is just great. I was immediately vibing on this. I loved it. I, you know, sometimes it, a, a cover can be better than the original. This is like this. I think this, so. This this woman made Rod Stewart. If you think I'm sexy, her own. I mean, and not only is she singing about how sexy everything is, but you got in a Chuck Norris movie, naked women. Yeah, this dancing. had to be Menachem Gollum's. Like, we At, look. This is your first movie with us, Chuck. Trust me. I mean, they already had to swap the movies around to release this one before right. the second one. Or, this is the first yeah. second movie you're going to do with <laughs> us. They probably put this in post. Yeah. And they put this put Aaron Norris in the background. <laughs> Every scene is actually Aaron Norris for the... So for the... you get some naked Thai women. That's your thing. And... Chuck gets goes over to the bar, get a drink, and then all hell breaks loose. Well, he says, where's the madame at? And the bartender points over. So he goes over to talk to madame. I'm looking for Tucker. And she just very coolly says, he's on his way down. And then Tucker comes crashing through the table. <laughs> oh, Guy man. looks like the skipper from Gilligan's Island. And he's just like, this guy's a scamp. He's a rascal. We look up, like the camera looks up to the deck he fell from, and there's like a dude and like four naked women, tits out. Oh, man, we're getting everything. And then the guy comes running down, and Tucker and Chuck have a moment. Their eyes meet, and he's like, Chuck, Chuck, Jimmy, what are you doing here? He doesn't say Chuck. Yeah, I know, but uh, fuck him. Chuck, Chuck, Jimmy, Aaron? <laughs> and, yeah, and he's just like, I need your help. Five grand. Or he says ten grand, I think. He says ten grand. And hey, look, you've been like knocking check, Chuck, check, Chuck, this whole movie, but don't blame him that he's figured out Donald Trump's out of the deal. Yeah. Because he chisels everybody down to the exact price he wants, and he's just like, No. Five grand. He's getting pummeled. He's yeah. like Chuck's just watching. Yeah. Tucker, the the gentleman who threw him onto the table. Comes out and is just pummeling the shit out of him. And well, an during this man. whole interaction, Chuck is just like behind the guy's shoulder, just like, I believe you said $10. <laughs> and Chuck just keeps lowering his price. And he gets it down to $10. Yeah, he finally. Like, fine, sold. Ugh. 
Does Chuck get involved at all? Does he like beat the guys up? Yeah, he okay. does. He's, when it, when he finally stops him, he delivers one punch. The guy like spins around and he's coming back, and Chuck turns to his shoulder. He's like ten bucks, ten bucks, and Chuck. But I'm not going on land, motherfucker, because yeah. he's he's the greatest boat driver after the skipper you've ever seen. Yeah, and he's like, but I ain't going on land. I'll take you there. I'll take you Saigon, but I ain't touching the land. Yeah, and they're like, all right, deal. So we immediately go and see Tucker's boat. Tucker has reinvented himself, Murray. He's a big shot down at Madame Whorehouse. Madame Pearls. Madame Pearls, excuse me. I mean, he probably brought the Rod Stewart records over that they are inspired by. It's like Rodriguez. They didn't know Rod Stewart was a big star. Yeah. It's like Rod Stewart in obscurity. And he's a huge star. Who would not have thought he's a huge star in Thailand? Yeah. Thanks to this girl that sings this song. <laughs> uh, but he's reinvented himself. He's self-made man. He's self-made American man. dream. Yeah. In Thailand. And he shows off his boat to Chuck. And Chuck's reaction is just, that piece of shit? I paid you $10 for that fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, looks can be deceiving, my friend. Why is Chuck shitting on everybody? Well, it did look like a piece of shit, but then he said, that's, what? that's the plan. No, that was the whole idea. He's like, that's the idea. Okay. Come look. And then he lifts up fucking Detroit Diesel, baby, Detroit right Diesel. there. He's also got a mounted machine gun. He has everything you need. And all they do is drape a little carpet over it yeah. so no one well, exactly. no one will know the difference. Just and a tower he's like, guys. I can go five, six miles an hour with this <laughs> motherfucker. I got 14 bullets for this gun here. <laughs> and Chuck's like, well, I used to have a thing about guns later on, but Chuck goes, okay, that's good. Well, I got a shopping list of shit I need to. Yeah. So uh, you know the you know all the people around here. Take me to this guy. We need a we need a raft. Got to get a raft. I mean, they know about all the canals that are in Vietnam, so they can't take the boat into those canals. They need a raft to do it. Right. And they don't just need any raft. They need a real raft. And they just, I mean, Tucker happens to have a contact with a real raft. <laughs> so, yeah, they meet. I think this guy was French or something. He was a scumbag. Another small businessman that Chuck's just like, uh, yeah, your entrepreneurial spirit's going to be snapped today. He's like, look at that baby. Best money ten grand can buy. It's got, it's got the fucking oh, shark no. face done on the twenty grand. Twenty grand. Twenty grand. American dollars. And then Chuck's like, fuck, for a raft? He's like, Not- ah. This ain't any other any ordinary raft. This yeah. is the bulletproof raft. Yeah, because Tucker's like, I bet I could just shoot these uh, the balloons out. <laughs> he's like, three hands of my machine gun. Try it. Yeah, and like, and then he's like, like this would work in real life. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, they does. He's like, Kevlar, Kevlar, my friend. Like, like they make your 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 bulletproof jackets. This is great. This is gross. So Chuck wants to feel it out. By the way, it's got like that bomber shark thing going on. Yeah, it was great. I was. Yeah, it, that's five worth five grand right there. Exactly. Sleek design, Kevlar tubes, mounted machine gun. Ma- of course, a mounted machine gun. Loaded, by the way. So Chuck steps. Oh, it wasn't loaded. Chuck loaded it. Oh, Chuck loaded. Well, yeah. they happen to keep the bullets right there. Well, yeah, you got to show all your wares. Uh, sure. So Chuck is a slowly goes up in the boat, and he's like, ten. Ten or they say five grand. I think he. I says. think he just he really starts him at five, and then the guy's like, "Fuck, man, seven! Like he's like seventeen at the least." Yeah, Chuck. While he's doing that, Chuck's like loading the bullets up. Like, why are they letting him do this? I mean, they already handed him one gun, <laughs> and now they've handed him another gun that he's just and loading then, up. And then Chuck points the gun at the guy, 
Yeah. Five grand. <laughs> and he's like, three grand, that's my final offer. You, you rub me off. <laughs> he's always discombobulated. He even gives it away for cheaper than what Chuck right. wants. And Chuck goes, deal. Deal. And he still needs one other thing, one other piece for this whole mission. But he has to go to another titty bar. Right. It's probably the same titty bar. But we get a couple more ass and tit shots in here. And then we see him talking to another white guy, I assume is yeah. American. He's got, like, the, the, the vacationer hat on with the Wayfarer. Panama hat, yeah. yeah with the Wayfarer sunglasses. And he's a chopper pilot. Yeah, cause Chuck's covering all the bases. I mean, he thinks he's just going to need the boat, but you never know. And he... He loves to leave with, with like like a statement, like he like he did the first time he left Vietnam through a chopper. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to like you know bring it back. Maybe, maybe. But he's like, yes, I need a chopper. And the guy, the guy I forget. They have some kind of stupid exchange. It's in, and, he, Chuck does the art of the deal on him too. He pulls some Jedi mind tricks on him, and no. he gets it for like six fifty, I think. Six fifty and a lap dance. And the guy's like, you you drive a hard bargain, my friend. But <laughs> yeah. I'll go along with it. So Chuck's Chuck- got one of those belts with like the change in it. Gives it to him. <laughs> you get the first half now. <laughs> Second half on completion. Oh my god, he's so cheap. <laughs> and so Chuck's, you know, after a long day of shopping, you know, he's tired, so he's gotta go take he's, his shirt off for another eight hours. His shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets up to his room, he's looking out the window, he's like, Oh man, the Thailand Bangkok Econo Lodge <laughs> because it was run down like yeah. but but hey, it didn't only cost him dollar a no- night. He notices across the across the lane there's another second floor building and there's a light on. He's like, Oh, that's weird. Turns around to put his shirt away, and there's a fucking assassin <laughs> in his goddamn, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah. Wardrobe. Yeah. And so the guy comes out. He's got his little switchblade. He's trying to stab at no, him. No, he had a butterfly knife because he showed oh, him earlier oh, twirling yeah, it. right, twirling it around. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just want to point out, it's not important, but all throughout his time in Bangkok, there are these guys with shades like following him, like yeah. lurking in the background. But he's one of them. Yeah. And Chuck dispatches him pretty easily. Does he no big deal. And then... He throws him out a window. The guy breaks both of his legs and an elbow. But oh, hey, poor don't, guy. Don't deck Chuck. But as he throws him out the window, he's again looking across the uh, the street there, and he sees now there's someone in front of that light he saw just a moment ago. Yeah, he looks familiar. Yeah. It's fucking Vin. Vin and, and lo- a henchman. Yeah, Vin and a henchman. And the guy's loading up a grenade launcher. And he fires it, and Ch- Chuck just dives out. When you dive, when an explosion happens, you're safe. Well, the thing is, uh, Chuck can even be closer because you've heard of the tuck and roll. He actually performs the chuck and roll, which yeah. is even more advanced. Like, he can be closer. It's like a surfer. They can get further Well, he into also, when he made that deal for the boat, he got a Kevlar. Uh, oh, he got Kevlar everything. Kevlar, yeah, sure. <laughs> Kevlar That's chest what he was, hair. He was, che- he was checking out. The, he was trying out the new Kevlar yes. shirt he got. <laughs> And so he protected him, but unfortunately, nobody in the alleyway between these buildings had Kevlar shirts on, and they yeah. all get fucked up. So yeah, there's so many people serving up street food and everything; they all get just murdered. And for the first time, Chuck seems to show some kind of remorse for human life because he was like, "You shouldn't have." Well, done and non-American that. human life. He cares about American life. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, he's pissed off, but he's probably just projecting. He really is pissed off with Vin about Vietnam. But yeah, so uh So yeah, he's like 
oh shit, I got you know I got to start my my action now because Vin's following me. Vin's on my tail. So he goes immediately over to Tuck, who of course was Madam Pearls. Madam Pearls. Chuck interrupts Tuck's fuck. Yeah. And uh, it's so much more fun when you say Chuck, <laughs> because then you have Tuck, Chuck, and they're always fucking. And it's kind of—I swear—I think they're underage girls. Ch- Tuck was creeping me out. He, uh, they're, they're creep. like, he's, he's got two twelve-year-old girls naked with him, and he's like a seventy-year-old man. He's looking uh, like how tag. is he in Vietnam? But she's like, he should have been World War Two the way he looked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's just like. Hey, want some? Come on. More uh, there's for everybody. a towel right there. Just go out and strip down and put it on and get in bed with us. <laughs> and Chuck's like, no, we got to go. We got we to get out of here. Get to your boat. Oh, you're no fun. So daylight somehow starts. Like this whole scene, Tucker gets right to his boat. And Chuck. How does he beat Chuck to the boat? I Chuck's, have no Chuck's like, I got to get my other shirt. I'm pretty sure Tuck stuck around because he's like, I've been working on this load for four hours, man. I got to get it off before I'm getting on my boat. So, yeah, Chuck, who the fuck knows where he went? He just finds a truck for some. Chuck finds a truck Chuck looking for Tuck. <laughs> and I don't know why this is even a scene, but, of course, we, we've told you once, told you a million times, nothing good happens at the wharfs. Yep. And Chuck's at the wharfs, and he jumps in a truck. And then the guys, then Vin and the guys that were following him, like yep. they're playing a game of chicken, basically. Right. This I, this makes no sense. And then like fucking Tucks like gets that thing started. And he's ready to go. So he's like driving parallel with his like the wharves. Yeah, yeah. Chuck fucking makes he like sets it up so he's gonna run in. Well, no, they're following. He's being followed. This is this is the dumbest part. There's two cars following him. He's yeah, being followed. He leaps out of the truck into the water. Gets on the on the boat, so the truck goes off the wharf. Why does why don't the other guys stop? They just keep going too. <laughs> they're like they were like mesmerized by the truck. So the bad guys f- drive off the wharfs too. Yeah. So Chuck Chuck's got the uh, the water on his left. So he jumps out of the tr- uh, out of the truck early. So he hits the water and then he swims for the boat. And the other people are just like, oh, I'm just gonna stay in the car. Well, There's a good, there was get, a good tune on, probably. Vin, probably one, RJ's cover. One car goes off, and then I think Vin's car stops. He's smart enough to stop. That's why he's a head hench. Yes. And he shakes his fist. Damn you, Braddock. I'll get and, you next time. And then, the, then his, his hench is like, I want to go with you. No, I must do this alone. I will take out Braddock by myself. This is personal. Yeah. So he's got, he's got a beautiful little speedboat, like pure wood. It looked like nice pine. I don't know. It looked awesome. But he he, I he had a canoe. <laughs> Come on, Vin's not fucking Pontoon? canoeing. No man. You have one of those things where you pedal to make it go. It's like shaped <laughs> like a swan. Paddle boat. <laughs> so Vin hops in his own boat, and he's also going to give chase. But before we cut back to Chuck, he's going to be switching shirts. So of course that means we're switching from daytime to nighttime. We're nighttime. Chuck's on the boat. He's. Scanning all these maps he's got laid out. He's, yeah. He's just consumed by it. And we get an equal shot of Tuck laying out all of his porn and his Polaroids <laughs> of his ladies back at the damn whorehouse. That's probably why he was getting thrown around. He's taking Polaroids. Probably. You're not supposed to take. There's no flash photography yeah. in there. Not in the champagne room. Yeah. And, yeah, so he's getting ready for a jerk-off session, I guess. I don't know what. While his, his, the, the Gilligan, his skipper, is, like, really driving the fucking boat. Yeah. And Chuck, he's just engrossed in these maps. He's just because he's it's D Day tomorrow. Yeah, and he doesn't notice that fucking Vin got on the boat. Or does he? And Vin attacks him. Yep, he's got an axe. 
That's right. And he takes a swing, and it gets lodged in the wood because, of course, Chuck dodges it. And so Chuck does something pretty cool here. He, like, kicks the axe handle to break it off, and then he I takes— I he chopped it. Did he kick it? I, I don't remember how well, how it uh, broke, but would, it broke. Yeah, that'd be pretty hard to do. So then they're—yeah, fucking, you're right. Unless this was some kind of cheap foreign balsa wood. axe. Yeah, balsa yeah. wood. And, yeah, he snaps it so the axe head is still lodged in there, and they're, like, tussling. Yeah. And then I think Vin grabs the axe head. Yes. And there's a struggle— but Chuck is just – all that PTSD has turned into some kind of super strength. He's going Super Saiyan on him. He's, he's, so they're, it's, like, it's like they're struggling. The X head's in between them. Chuck turns it around and then just slowly shoves it into the yeah. chest, right in the heart of Vin. He gets in some word about it. He I, says, let me ask you a question. Oh, my God. And Vin, of course, spits in his face and says, that's a terrible pun. You and, should be ashamed. And then he snaps his neck, throws him off the side. Sharks, I don't know what's in the water yeah. out there. And so, we never see Vin again. Chuck, of course, had broken a sweat, so he's got to switch shirts. So we go got from to. nighttime to daytime. And they happen to be arriving in uh, Vietnam. They're showing yeah. up where they need to be. And they have two different rafts because they have a short distance raft and well, then this, they have their normal the, raft. Well, this is the grown-up raft with a machine gun and the little kids raft. Yeah. It, it actually wasn't a raft. It was a giant inner tube. They okay. were going to do a little <laughs> bit of like, you know, there was like this small, waveboarding. There was like a small section of land that they were close to and for some reason they took like the inner tube there and then like they boarded the raft. I, I don't know how this worked out. It was weird. Yeah, it's... I thought they were just going to the jump rationale. Right on the I thought was going to be like, okay, this boat's too big for these canals. I'm going to use this mini raft to yeah. get the guys, and then he just leaves the mini raft. Yeah, I, I was I, I so annoyed. So he's like, all right, you stand this side of the canal. I'll be on the other side with a raft. Why can't he just be on the? Why can't Tucker be on the side where the little raft is? I don't. It made no sense. I don't. I don't but know. Chuck gets out of that little raft. He's like, I'll meet you here in twelve hours. Well, no, they they do go upstream on the cool raft. Yes, they do. Uh, and they leave Gilligan to, like, my, guard the shitty yet cool boat that Tucker has. And, like, 12 hours if I don't show up. Go, Tucker's like, Tucker was, like, originally going to stay on the boat. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, fuck it. You want me to go, don't you? Right. He, he, was, he was joking about needing a navigator or something. He's like, I got a perfect navigator. And then Tucker... Slowly puts it together. He's like, "You knew I was gonna come with you. I'm not leaving the raft, though. <laughs> not like, that oh, raft. Where have we heard this one, buddy? Fuck, art of the deal. Art of the deal. He just got. He got all that shit for free, basically. And yep. now he's like, first he was gonna stay on the big boat, and then he's like, I'm only gonna stay on this boat. And he, then he's gonna he's gonna get him to work it out. So he's like, Gilligan, he, it's 14 hours. Yeah. If I don't show up, you this boat's yours. Yeah. The guy's like, okay, cool. So they start heading upstream. Just Chuck's so like in the fucking waveboarding in the back. He's water skiing. <laughs> They're having a great old time, man. But Charlie gets, don't surf, but Chuck does. It gets down to crunch time because they turn one uh, bend in the river and they see a patrol boat and they have to. Thankfully, their their well, motor's yeah, not on. Or something. I, I don't this this whole the whole conceit of all these movies. 
what was the point of keeping these people prisoner 10 years after the war? Absolutely. Like in the middle of the jungle. Why this, would you even do that? I mean, is, I have no, I believe they probably did. And they probably, of course, obviously we do no research on our show. They probably did have some POWs, but they weren't in the middle of the fucking jungle. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine a lot of things happening like this in this movie, but that was like the fantasy we had that they were still like because we didn't. Well, I guess people, if you if you, someone you loved was there, you'd want to believe they were alive. They were dead, you know, they absolutely. died in the war. But so that was a fantasy we had that there were all these like villages in the middle of the jungle with POW American. And POWs, that, that's what so. bugs me the most about this movie is Chuck wanted to make it so bad because this is his wet dream to go out and finish this job. Well, usually people who did Chuck ever see combat. I don't Usually, know. people who haven't seen combat are the most for combat. You know? I would, I would imagine that's why he is the way he is. And so, yeah, so they see the patrol. Well, I don't they take the there's a like so they take the guys out first, right? So, no, they see they see uh, the patrol boat go by, and then Chuck notices inland there is like some more patrol people on on uh, foot. They just happen to walk into you know. The, oh, I guess they did have uh, trans location of where they were keeping Yeah, he uh, bitched out. And that's told right. Everything. So the patrol boat goes by, Chuck notices people on land and so he's like, "All right, I'm done wakeboarding. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to I'm going to see what we got here because clearly something's going on." Again, this is the video game logic. There's bad guys around, we're in the right spot. Right. So Tucker, I'm going to hang out here like not I leaving said, the boat. Not leaving the raft. So he he hangs back. Chuck gets up on land. Just so happened one of the one of the people thought he heard a raft, so he was getting real close. So Chuck had an easy time fucking. He's like, Does that sound like a raft to you? Yeah. He's like, no, it sounds like a paddle boat to me. (laughs) And so he's like, well, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. So Chuck hides in the in the bush, and the guy's like looking around. Chuck comes out, snaps his neck, pulls him into the bush. Another guy comes. Another guy was like, "Uh, Todd, where you at, man? I told you it's a paddle boat. Knife to the throat. Knife to the throat. So you can't. Can't scream. Right. Knife through the throat. So now and then we, there's yeah, one last guy. Two. Two last There guy. was two patrol people going uh, around. And oh, so that's right. Chuck's like, okay, how am I going to approach this? He has the advantage, everybody. It's the he, 80s people. What do you do? He is a he is a fucking army superstar. I mean, he spit in Vin's face in front of the world. What What is he going to do? I mean, trans face. I don't know. He just kind of fucking stumbles into them. And then what? Well, yeah, but he does. He does it eighty style. He mud wrestles these guys. He does mud wrestle. You're right. He throws about that. them in a puddle and starts. But there's two. There's two guys and Chuck. He's only one guy. So our man Tuck, Tuck and Roll. Yeah. He come, He pulls out a machine gun, shoots one of. Them, Chuck kills one of the. Chuck guys. kills one of them. Yeah. But the one guy's while he's killing this one guy, a guy has a drop on him. He's about yeah. to kill him. Chuck, fucking Tuck shoots like. I don't know, empties his clip into this guy, which alerts the patrol boat. Exactly. So then what happens? And by alert the the other boat, you mean just, they're like, again, this goes into video game logic where they're like, I think maybe something's going on. They're barely alert. They're like, just slowly. Well, the war's been over for 10 years, Griffs, and no one's alerted. But why is anybody firing off? (laughs) Maybe just for fun. I I mean, God, these guys got to be so bored. They're out here in the middle of the jungle. No, like the war's been over ten years. Why are we here? What are we doing here? This is a good point. So maybe they aren't that concerned because they're just bored as fuck. So they're like, "Hey, man, are we firing off rounds again?" So they slowly come upstream, and it just so happened that Tuck found some like 
or, or you know, like shrubs and everything overhanging. So he's like hiding the boat, and they they just can't see him. They're perfectly camouflaged with that. Kevlar just blends right in. <laughs> blends right in. So they get real close, and then Chuck pulls out two grenades. I thought he was gonna do the dive again. Not this time. Not this time. He just tosses them, and of course, anytime there's an explosion, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just to whatever they need it to be. It just so it's like a fucking a bomb size explosion. <laughs> right. Blows the fucking canoe out of the water. Chuck's like, all right, I'm going the rest of the way on foot. I'll be back tomorrow. I ain't leaving this boat. I got that. He told me 20 times. I'm taking off. So Chuck goes. He finally finds the uh, prison camp. It's nighttime now. Or it's daytime. You see, he goes into the camp that he was just by, and he finds uh, that there's people there. But they're uh, Vietnamese people? Do you remember they were in the they were in the prisons? Yeah, no, it's, no, that, but yeah, you're kind of skipping. Oh, ahead that, that that was at night. Yeah, that was at night. Okay, I thought. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so he, uh, yeah, so he does some reconnaissance. He's like watching, learning. Oh, what, he does. He does change his shirt again. Yeah, so he changes it's, it. This it's is, nighttime. Yeah, I love. I didn't realize how consistent that was. Every time he changes his <laughs> shirt, eight hours pass. Yeah, well, you, don't you change your shirt every eight hours? <laughs> what do you? That's a good point. I do. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're not crazy. And no and sooner. he's looking. He sees where the radio-like room is. He sees where the, the barracks are with all the soldiers. He's, yeah. He's like, he's got it all down to memory. I love his skills here because he starts the C4. This is what you're going for, right? Right. And he knows exactly how big the explosion are, is. He knows exactly how far the shack. Well, he will used a calculator that he put on the C four. Oh, to that that was get it. the right ratios. Okay, because he's noticing there's prison pens, there's innocent people here, and he's like, I got to make sure these explosions don't hurt them. Right. That's that's insane. But yeah, he booby traps how many? Like five buildings. Yeah, and he sets them off so they go off in a row. They don't go off at the same time, so you yeah. get a nice explosion, explosion. But you also want to do that so it throws them off. Like, where is he? Right. And it was weird how it felt like. The first scene went on way too long. This one went really quick. Like, he totally takes the village out in, like, less than a minute. Yeah, I, and we are thinking, this is it, right? <laughs> right. This is the village. And so he takes out everybody, blows them up, goes, he goes to the uh, cages and pits they have these guys, and opens them. He's like, it's just Vietnamese people. Oh, these aren't, I wasted all the C4 on you. And the guy there, like, grateful still. Yeah. Like, thank you. You know, and he's just like, whatever. Yeah. Where where the fuck are my my the real people? Yeah, and they're like, well, they left. They're like uh, like two hours north of here. He's like, oh, I gotta change my shirt now. <laughs> and he's like, all right, and he just walks away. And the guys are so inspired. They're like, we're gonna fight to the death for like, the war's over, people. But they're still gonna fight. I I thought this was gonna come back. It doesn't. This does not come probably back. maybe in part two. It does. I don't Ma- know. Maybe it was supposed to be something. On, yeah, in part two. So Chuck heads back to talk. Talk's like, oh, you changed your shirt. I've noticed that the sun is out now. <laughs> and they, uh, they start heading up north, of course. Thankfully, the road that they're using is parallel to this river that the <laughs> Chuck and Tucker use. This is too fucking convenient. And it just so happens and there's that— so many, They're in the middle of the jungle. Beautiful roads they have here. Like, yeah. everything. It's, it's great. It's, it's beautiful. It's scenic. Like, Better roads in Michigan. I mean, that's, no potholes. Uh, did you see— that truck bounce 
Not once. No. Not once. And we get to see how evil these guys are. We see our men, all five of them. Yeah. All this mission was for five fucking people. <laughs> thank God he, thank he got the coupon version of this. If he spent 20 grand for five people, I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, th- but again, let's think of the total amount of uh, Thai people he killed when he was in Bangkok and uh, he strangled Everybody that guy. Everybody he killed deserved it, though. Because that was about 45 people. Then he killed yeah. about nine assassins. Then he killed Vin. Then he killed Tran. He's killed like 80 people. Everybody asked for it. For f- <laughs> the innocent people. What innocent people did he kill? Uh, When he fucking strangled the taxi driver. The guy was trying to kill him. What are you talking about? Hey, man, he could have handled that. He got it out for Chuck. All right? I'm gonna... hand- he could have handled that situation <laughs> so much better. He, he learned his lesson from Tran. Remember, he was going to let Tran live, and then Tran was ready to shoot him. <laughs> so all this... just, You got it out for Chuck. Come on. I do. I do. I think he's a piece of shit. But does, he is a piece of shit, but not in this movie. He's a hero. No, he's a piece of shit in this movie. No, I, I, once again, I'm like, explain yourself. Well, he mur- no, he didn't murder anybody. He yeah. was protecting himself. And so they see, they're driving up. We see how evil these guys are. Like, don't look at me! Slapping the fucking prisoner. This guy just dared to look at this guard. Yeah. And got beat down. And they're just, they've, they've been in this prison camp for 10 years, guys. So they're broken. They are. You can see it on their faces. And so... Chuck and Tuck just happen to be driving, on, uh, riding on the long side. Um, yeah. Open fire on. Um, well, Chuck's ch- got that fucking machine gun. Chuck used his X-ray vision and saw into the you know the the big truck with the um, with the American uh, prisoners in it. He, he saw that they were in there. Why didn't he see that when he was like watching the? Why didn't he see them leaving with the prisoners? I have no idea. They're that close <laughs> together. They're in the jungle, so it's probably easy to. They knew hear. a shortcut apparently, because they're like the guys are like two hours away. They catch up with them right away. Chuck's new shirt's looking great, by the way, guys. Um, so yeah, he shoots out the convoy. There's this spot where they have to cross over the water, which is the perfect setup for them, uh, Chuck and Tuck, to start fucking uh, doing Percivalt on the raft over their cars. It was amazing. That was amazing. I was oh. like, that's awesome. Thank you, Aaron Norris. And they did it once, and I was like, oh, I wonder why, why they did that. that. I mean, it was cool, but and then they come back, and they drop grenades when they do it. And I was that like, was okay, sweet. that's why they did it. And so they're just fucking them up, but they're still outnumbered. So they, I, did, they have, did they have a boat? How did they, how did they blow up the, the Kevlar? Kevlar, yeah. they got a rocket launcher out, man. Okay. Finally, the, the first launchers. bazooka. There was it was mostly grenade launchers. Okay, and they're but all the same. This to me. this was the uh, uh, okay. Rocket. So we see a stunt man who looks half the age of talk go flying. Chuck goes down, and this then this is the iconic scene everybody remembers from Mission in Mission Missing in Action. We see in slow mo because they're like, ah, we won the yeah. Americans. Fuck them. And then slow motion, Chuck just emerges from the water yep. with that machine gun and just unloads and kills every motherfucker in town. And then Tuck goes, blip, 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 comes up, and they're like, we did it, buddy. Uh. They run to the the, the uh, prisoners. This guy goes, my name's John McCain. Thank you for your service. Uh. And hugs. This is actually was going to be the John McCain story. That's why yeah. Chuck wanted to do it so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because Chuck Norris rescued. It wasn't self serving. <laughs> Only that he saved Chuck McKay. So he tells them, guys, you're going home. And they all jump into a Jeep. There are there's adrenaline rush. They're like, Yes, let's do it. I mean, they're like hanging on the Jeep because it's seven full grown men and whatever the well, six and then whatever the fuck Tucker is. And they're somehow all fitting in this little Jeep. 
It's like a Barbie Jeep, man. But they they're cruising along. Know, they're getting and then they're getting followed by I guess more. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a second convoy just behind them, and which could have had more prisoners. The truck doesn't care. He's like, I got you guys are enough. Yeah. Well, again, he counted it and he remembered that there's five missing: John McCain, uh, Lance Archibald, uh, Pang Quan. <laughs> no, he doesn't rescue. Yeah. Asian people. <laughs> like... And he did that back the other place. Yes. And. Uh, uh, we're in the, like keep in mind we're in the middle of, allegedly in the middle of the jungle. There just happens to be like an alleyway. I'm using air quotes where they just turn like yep. they're getting followed. They don't. The, the guys are literally hundred feet behind Chuck. They don't see them make a turn somehow. They t- and then they finally figure it out when they go like two hundred yards down the road. But it happens to be at the same point where it's like right. It, it leads right to the water, right to where the the fucking raft Everything. is. I love how or, but, uh, I the, love how a plan comes together. The inner tube. Just that's so happens, Chuck, yeah. that's, Chuck. That's why Chuck was studying those maps on the boat. He figured been. everything out right where they needed to be. Yeah. So everybody goes ahead, and Chuck stay, stays back, and he's doing a little grenade rigging trick. And this is very similar to what our uh, well, they're like there's like a block or like a roadblock kind of thing, so they can't drive further. Yes. So yeah. So uh, Chuck does a little trick. He learned it from our friend last week, uh, the murderer, evil. Where he's like, as soon as they bump into this, the grenade's going to go down a slide and explode. Why, but the thing is, why would they bump into the car? I, I don't know. He just knows that's going to happen. I don't. It's so convenient. So, like, yeah, he just pl- he places it just precariously so the slightest touch will make this grenade fall. And as the luck would have it, they're so eager to catch Chuck, yeah. they ram right into the back of the Jeep. <laughs> grenade slides down. And then somehow the grenade blows them up. Like, it would, yeah. it would blow up that Jeep. Why would it blow up their Jeep? But it uh, does. It's the way it cannon, works, man. Cannon logic. Yep. And so they're, like, running to the boat. And we're getting a very reminiscent to the first scene. where How, like... Our, none of the geography of this makes sense. No. Because they're getting back to the major boat, right? Yes. So yes. they've left the Kevlar boat behind. Yeah, the Kevlar boat got destroyed. But they were like literally hours driving. Yes. They went three hours north. <laughs> yes. How long they drove. It looked like they were going north again. So it's like, wait, did know. they somehow wrap around? I don't know. No. <laughs> but yes, we see our man Gil again. He's like, hey, guys, come on. Yeah. Water's fine. And shit's getting hairy because now we have a huge force on land and uh, they're pincering him because they're they're coming in, and then out in the water, you know, you have Tuck waving to them, and you see behind Tuck, there's a fucking uh, there's a, a well, Tuck's a not in the no Tuck is in the raft with them. The the the, the first mate is at, at on Tuck's boat. Oh yeah, you're right, right. Because he's like, hey man. I'm willing to die for you guys. I just met you. <laughs> you guys are just so cool. So he just gets that mounted machine guns, or bum, 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 shooting at the patrol boat, but it's an armored boat, so it ain't, nothing's happening. But yeah, he's, and he's also, giving it his all. He's not Chuck Norris, right. who's like the only he's, person who lands a shot in this he's whole He's not even white, movie. so he can't do anything. Yeah, that's a good point. And so our our boys are like, they're they're about to get, and then Chuck's like, no, we got to go back to the land. So they, they go back. Tuck's like, he's finally... Realizing, he's like, God damn, what if I'm doing my life? I'm fucking underage children in Thailand. I'm yeah. just ripping people off. See you in hell. And then he like jumps off the boat, swims to his boat. Yeah. Because our buddy at the boat got killed by those patrolmen. Yes. This is what I want to point out. When you see him being killed, 
bullets are he's got like three bullets left. As yeah. soon as Tuck gets on, there's a fucking long chain of bullets <laughs> back on it. Of he, course. He, he's such a great guy. He took the time to reload it and then die. <laughs> and then Tuck's like, Yeah, motherfuckers. So oh. they're like, Holy shit, we're fucked. We got people on land shooting in his patrol boat and perfect fucking plan again. Yeah. Remember that chopper we were talking about? I remember the chopper. Comes around the bend. And he's just like, oh, man, that, that is one timely helicopter. And so like, uh, they have rockets on it, thankfully. Yep. So they take out the patrol boat. <coughs> no problem. Tucker gets blown up yep. by the patrol boat. By I the think. patrol boat. They, they, just, they take out, like, we get, they got the rope ladder, so the guys are climbing up. Chuck, of course, the last to go in. Of course. And they're killing everybody. They get on. The guy's like, if I would have known that... If you were going to have all this show going on, I would have charged you $12. <laughs> like, you figure this guy's like this ne'er-do-well guy. You think he would just leave. Why would he get involved with this fucking shit? Yeah. You know, but no, he's he got patriotic. And they so they go, Chuck's like, Saigon, baby. Toot sweet. Like, yeah. Whatever you say, aye, Captain. So they fly to Saigon right like the I guess, the Capitol building, whatever they're doing the meeting. Yeah, the meeting from the beginning. So, like... They land the chopper right in front of the building. Guards are like, whatever. This could be a terrorist attack. They don't fucking know. They're like, whatever. Don't give a shit. Chuck grabs one. He's got to have that prop with him, so he grabs one of the prisoners. But the guys, as that's going on inside, uh, whoever general trans, like, subordinates, like, I guess this is it. We're done. Nothing to see here, people. There were no POWs. Not one single POW. Don't you feel stupid now, Americans? As soon as he says that, Chuck just kicks the door and puts those fucking blue blockers on. <laughs> puts one on the prisoner at war. And he's like, what's this, fool? Oh. And he's like, oh, snap. You got me. I love this moment because everybody, even the Vietnamese, stand and slow clap because Chuck beat them. They they, they didn't have even time to do that. They just went freeze frame. <laughs> like, Menachem's like, 90 minutes. All right. End the movie. <laughs> end it. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Leave me yelling cut into the movie. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just got to think, how bad was part two if like even Menachem was like, no, this one has to be the first I'm one. I'm afraid because, seriously, I try to watch these movies. Usually I watch them like three times before we do the episode. I had a hard time watching this once. It's so boring. It's so long. It's so Chuck. Well, it's because Chuck has no charisma. That's yeah. why. Like, if you were charismatic, I think you'd be more into it. Yeah. Maybe. Speaking of people with charisma, we have a guy who has it in spades for our next movie. Oh, good. Griff, um, I've been thinking, you know, I like to, I like to make themes of our movies. Yeah. I like the morning theme. And, you know, you wouldn't know it. Well, today you would, but you wouldn't know that it's wintertime in Michigan because it's going to be 50 <laughs> degrees on Friday and we're going to get two inches of rain, which if you're not from Michigan, it's really bizarre. We should yeah. be having snow. We've hardly had any snow all winter. And so I'm like, we it's, it is winter still, like on the calendar it says winter. So I want to do some movies that had at least some snow in it. Sure. And I also want to do a movie of one of our favorites, my favorite. I've admitted it on uh, many an episode. This is with my guy as a kid, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're gonna do a little bit of Red Heat. Mm. It's the classic Russian snob meets up with American slob. It's. It worked for Putin and Trump. It's working for Schwarzenegger, and it's I call him the more talented Belushi brother, Jim Belushi. Okay. 
So I know, I don't, I think when they come to America, it isn't winter, but there is some snow in it because as we know, I learned anything when watching movies, it's perpetual winter in Russia. Yeah. They never do not have snow. Never do not. You know what I'm saying? That's the only place. Like every other place, it's never winter in like any other movie. Yeah. Yet in Russia, it's always winter. Right. Which made me laugh because I watched that Vikings show and obviously it takes place in Norway. And there's a subplot that takes place in Ukraine. So in Norway, which is way north of Ukraine, it's summertime. Yeah. Still snow in Ukraine when they go nice. to Ukraine. Nice. But yeah, so we're going to be doing a little bit of red heat in, uh, next week. And uh, that red heat's going to keep us all a little warm.